What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in. Welcome in. We have some breaking news. Obviously, it's not so breaking now. It's nine o'clock at night, you know, in the central time. Just came out this morning. Yeah, that we were waiting on this morning. Finally came out. Deshaun Watson was suspended for six games. You know, I I think this is kind of in the range of kind of what we, you know, kind of expected uh, somewhere in that, you know, anywhere from eight to four to eight games, I think is where I think most people were coming in on this. Uh, you know, the NFL now has, uh, you know, two more days, I guess, to uh, appeal this this uh, ruling by Sue Robinson. And as of right now, as things stand, I mean, he is suspended for the next, uh, you know, for, for, the, or for the first six games of the season. Now, for some context behind that, uh, if this holds and if it's just six games, uh, the schedule opens up for them and, uh, pretty favorably. So uh, I don't think the season's ruined by any stretch of the imagination because they get the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. For the first four games of the season, I don't think you could ask for a better start, uh, you know, with a Jacoby or Jacoby Brissett led, uh, you know, uh, offense here. But then you get the Chargers and the Patriots. And then from there, when he would be able to come back would be week seven. But they do have a week nine bye. So some of that factors in because this isn't just a six game suspension. You're also losing him for a seventh game because the bye is going to be involved in this as well. And so one, I guess, Robbie, I just to start off like. Are, would you look to draft him like in, in, a, in a single quarterback league? Would you look to take him, you know, later in a draft? Let's, let's say you wait on quarterback and you end up with, you know, more of a later round type quarterback. Uh, would you look to take Deshaun Watson, knowing what he can provide you once these, uh, you know, uh, once suspension's over with? I think the only way I'm doing it, and you and I have talked about this, where we're trying not to wait and grab that the later quarterbacks. We're starting to try and grab one of those top six or seven guys. Um, in, in the mocks what we've been doing and we'll do another mock on Wednesday so might see how that goes but if I have waited if I'm taking a shot on like a Justin Fields Trey Lance two guys that you're high on right because we know that there's some kind of ceiling there we also know that the floor is extremely low as well then I might that might be the one few occasions where I draft a second quarterback just because if if they flop right and, and we're looking at they're not going to be the starting option for my fantasy team week in week out then you can pivot to a Deshaun Watson after a couple of weeks. But I mean, that's the rarest of cases. I mean, you're talking about Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Those are all going down to QB 13, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr. Those are all guys that are going to be close enough to Watson when he comes back, where I'm going to take the six games and, and I'm not going to look back. So you have to get down there to quarterback 17, 18, 19 for me. 
um, before you consider taking Watson as that QB two. How about yourself? I think it comes down to how many bench spots you have, right? And how big of a, like in a 12 team league, if you're in a league that only has like five bench spots, I probably couldn't do it because those bench spots are super valuable. Now, if you're in a league with a little bit more, maybe seven bench spots, maybe I could feel a little bit more comfortable doing so, knowing the upside that he's going to bring once he returns. Um, I, I think, I, I think that you can, um, but like, I don't, I don't think he's like a must draft guy or something like that, you know, because I mean, you're still talking about a long portion of the season that, that, that he is going to miss. And, you know, if you do miss on whatever quarterback you take, because, you know, let, let's be honest, in most like your traditional league, I think your, your average redraft league, most, te- most teams are going to take multiple quarterbacks. That's usually how it works. Uh, uh, you know, because people are always like, oh, I got to get my bye week quarterback. You know, it may not matter if that, that, bye, that your, your player doesn't have a bye week to week 12. You're still going to, you know, you have to take that bye week quarterback, you know, just to make yourself feel comfortable. And we all know that's not what you should do, right? But, that, that, that's what a lot of people do. So, I mean, there might not be a lot left out there as well, depending on what quarterback you get. So, again, in a single quarterback league, I don't think you need to do it. Like, I get the upside that he provides um, because, you know, he is a top five quarterback when, you know, when healthy and when ready to go. You know, and I'm not worried about whatever, you know, issues. He's going to be able to go through all of camp. He's going to be able to play preseason. He's going to do all these things all the way up to that point, um, you know, until week one starts. Then, obviously, the suspension will start. Uh, for him, so I mean, he's going to get all those reps, and he'll just, you know obviously be away for the first six weeks. I can't imagine that they would, uh, you know, anything else would be there. But you know, uh, you know, and one common sentiment today was, you know, the, the Calvin Ridley comparison of gets a year, Sean Watson gets six years. JJ, you, you posted the question. I it's it's kind of a slippery slope to talk about because like on like we're not like condoning what happened, you know, and what Sean Watson did, but the Calvin Ridley situation, Sean Watson situation are just two totally different things right there are two totally different separate situations and while like it makes sense on one hand why calvin ridley got the suspension he got because you're talking about messing with the integrity of the game if people start if people start uh questioning you know our game's legit our game's fixed you know and our players you know you know betting on all this stuff happens then it, it completely ruins the sport right where deshaun watson situation is if what he did was true and all this stuff that, I mean, he shouldn't even be in the NFL ever, and he should never play again. But, you know, uh, ruling is what it is, you know, and he got suspended six games, whereas the Sean Watts situation is something that's completely different uh, of a situation. Yeah, yeah. That, that's been the sentiment on Twitter is trying to compare the two situations, and, and obviously we can only react to what the NFL decides to do. I mean, this isn't the first time that they've had a suspension that we thought was lighter when something else has happened. Right. I mean, going all the way back to the Ray Rice, I think that was two games, right. Going all the way back um, to, to his incident. And so we've just seen that there's, there's always going to be public backlash on, on long enough, too long, not long enough. Right. And so I, I'm trying to just stick to the, the fantasy implications. Cause that's the only thing I can really help with for folks. Um, so in regards to Watson, I mean, Cody brought up a, a good point. If you can put suspension players on IR, one, I, I don't like that. That's kind of a cheat code for your league. But if your league allows you to do that, absolutely. I, I think he's worth one of these later rounds. I'm not trying to reach for him, you know, above the 10th round. He's going to have to be something somewhere in the teens before I'm trying to do that. Um, but, yeah, you can do that in, in that case because he's not taking up an extra roster spot in that case. See, here's, here's the thing. And – yeah, I mean, I guess if you could do that, then fine. I mean, I guess you could do that. But as soon as you start getting some players that get hurt, you know, you're going to be – he's probably going to be the first – you know, he's probably going to be the guy you drop. So, I mean, I think that's an option. But, you know, there's no way – and while, you know, there's no way the NFL doesn't appeal to suspension to make it longer. 
listen, this is the thing, though. If they were to do that, who knows how long this stretches out? If it's mm-hmm. being appealed, he plays. He's playing week one. Like, then he's, he's not sitting out. And so I don't know if the NFL does that or not because, I mean, they, they could push this thing out for a long time. I mean, it could go into the offseason before it's it settled, right? And so then he would just play the entire year, and there would be no suspension if, if, if that's the way this, this took place. Because if there's an appeal, then he can't be, then he can't be uh, you know, suspended, right? And so I don't know if they do that or not. Um, and, you know, Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA have both said that if they, if they appeal this, that they are going, they are going to sue the NFL. And I don't know if, if that's what they want either, because, you know, the, a judge has already ruled on this and, you know, and, and this was kind of what was put in place for the CBA for this to be able to take place for them to be able to, you know, have this process and go through all this stuff. And then now, you know, if, if the NFL tries to, you know, add more games onto this or whatever, there's going to be much more of a bigger legal fight on their hands uh, than just, you know, than just this. So I don't know. Um, it's, it's a tricky situation uh, to be in. And, you know, I'm happy that we finally got the suspension, uh, to be honest with you, uh, that, that, you know, we kind of have some clarity now of what, what's going on because I felt like this should have come out a long time ago because we've been just kind of been waiting and waiting and waiting to see what was going to happen. It's been all over the place. It started with a year, then it started to drop, but then all of a sudden there was some news, oh, maybe there's going to be no suspension. Maybe it's two games, maybe it's four games. So now we got the suspension of six games. So that being said, let, let's actually talk about how this is going to impact the, the Cleveland Browns, at least for the first six games. Let's operate under the assumption that this is going to be, you know, just your natural, you know, six-game suspension and nothing else is going to change. Obviously, if something does, then we'll talk about that at a later time. But as of right now, how do you view this? Uh, this impacts the offense with Jacoby Brissett? Because for me, I think this is an upgrade for Nick Chubb, at least for the first six weeks, because I think you're going to see them be much more of what they were last year, extremely run-heavy, you know, lean on Nick Chubb, lean on Kareem Hunt. And then, you know, you you basically let Jacoby Brissett manage the games. We already talked about they get the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, and Falcons those first four games. There's really no reason that they're probably going to be pushed to really have to throw the ball a ton. They still have a very, very good defense. And so I feel like that's probably what's more going to happen. I think this negatively affects Amari Cooper the most because I don't know how if he's going to see a ton of volume. But what I will say is that, you know, his time last year, with the Dolphins, I mean, he heavily targeted like Jalen Waddle. When I, whenever the, the few games that he started, I could see a ton of targets coming. You're not going to probably see something where they they really spread the ball out a ton, you know, or anything like that. I think you probably see a lot of condensed targets uh, share going to David Njoku, to Amari Cooper, and then you know whatever running back like Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. That's kind of how I see this. But I think this is the biggest positive for Kareem Hunt, or not? Excuse me, not Kareem Hunt, but Nick Chubb. Yeah, honestly, like you and I, when you said this at the top, like we were kind of expecting right around here, right? Like I was always kind of on the eight games. You were saying it's going to be a little bit less than that, maybe four, maybe six, somewhere around there. So honestly, my ranks didn't change a whole lot. Um, just maybe adjusting for a couple games here and there. But I don't know if I view this as a win for Chubb because obviously like the the offense is going to be much worse in a place than it was with Baker because I have a difference of Baker and Brissett. I know you think they're kind of close, but Brissett's a step down handedly from from Baker and so I think obviously a lot of teams can just key on on the running game right and what does Chubb build his uh, fantasy prowess on it's from his efficiency right he's always been a guy that just rips off big gain after big gain and if you don't have to account uh, for a guy who's ran this offense you know for a handful of years who definitely has a, a better um, command of the offense than uh, Jacoby Brissett in his first year with this offense 
you know, I think there's going to be some struggles. We know that Brissett has never really produced uh, great fantasy options around him. I think we had T.Y. Hilton as a wide receiver, too, back in 2017, what was about the best that we had from him. So I do think that it, it's worse for Chubb the longer that Brissett has to play. So um, for me, I did a little bit of bumping Chubb up. He's now running back 14 for me. Um, just a slight bump there because, again, we're talking about a couple games where we had him projected at. And so I think he's going to be fine. You're still rolling him out. You're still starting him, right? There's no situation, especially with the the matchups that you named, Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Atlanta. Then you get the Chargers and Patriots. There's no situation where I'm benching Chubb. It's just maybe if you're looking at a Kareem Hunt who, again, you're talking about where they're going to funnel passes to, it's probably going to be some dump-offs to Kareem Hunt. So I really don't think it changes the running back room. What it does change is probably your your wide receiver room, Right. Any, any place that, that you wanted to start Amari Cooper confidently, he's he's going to be a low-end flex for you. Like, you're going to have no confidence, but you're going to say, hey, he's probably going to have, you know, the, the, the main target share of this offense for those first six weeks. So you're going to roll him out there, see how he does the first couple of weeks, and see if you can start him. But when he comes back, when Watson comes back, I think that's when Amari Cooper jumps from this low-end flex to probably a pretty safe wide receiver, too. So that's something with it being a couple less games where I bumped up Amari Cooper now from wide receiver 30 to right around wide receiver 25, 26 area. Um, so I definitely see him being a flex for the first six games, and then you have him as that safe wide receiver, too, for the rest of the season with Watson. Um, and then just quickly to touch on Njoku, I know that Njoku's kind of been your guy of the offseason. I just think with these six games, there's no reason to draft him. He's going to be there on waivers, and he should be. I don't think he's going to have any games where you're like, man, I need to go get David Njoku on my team. So just draft a Gerald Everett, just draft a Hunter Henry, just draft somebody else if you're waiting at tight end, a Nerve Smith, Cole Komet. We've talked about a lot of these sleepers before. And then if they don't do great for you and you're looking at waivers come week five, week six, then you can add David Njoku at that time. Well, one thing I want to mention with Nick Chubb is last year he faced uh, seven or more defenders in the box. Um, on 44.7% um, of his carries, which was uh, which was second most in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, he saw a stack box last year. So, it's not really going to get much more than what already, already what it was last year. So, I don't think that changes. And, I, I, I mean, compared to what Baker Mayfield was last year, I don't think Jacoby Brissett can be any worse than what Baker Mayfield was last year. And so... I don't think it really changes a whole lot. And like I said, I think it, what it does is, you know, like again, you see all these teams that are playing really bad teams, really bad offenses. And I think it just sets up perfectly for Nick Chubb. And so that's why I think that he sees the biggest boost from this and where though, maybe that you end up looking to, cause I think, you know, we, we once we get to like week four, week five, you could be talking about selling, you know, selling or excuse me, buying low on Amari Cooper. Cause I, I don't think Amari Cooper is probably going to have a ton of like boom weeks. And he could be somebody that you try to buy before the, you know, before Sean Watson comes back. And then, you know, with Nick Chubb, maybe you look to sell him uh, once, once Sean Watson comes back. Cause like we talked about, I do think Sean Watson negatively affects Nick Chubb in a, in a lot of different ways because of his ability to run the ball, his ability, you know, we, you know, the last, you know, I think he's been top five in red zone carries the last two years that he played uh, when he was with, te- with the Texans. He was also, um, what uh, scored 10, uh, 10 rushing touchdowns over the last two years too, that he played as well. So I do think this is going to somewhat negatively affect somebody like Nick Chubb, who doesn't catch passes out of the backfield and is more, but the, the other, the, the other, I guess, argument is how efficient Nick Chubb is. He's one of the most efficient running backs in the league, but I still think, cause I have Nick Chubb, I think RB 13, I believe is where I have him. Yep. And I'm, I may move him up to 12 because I think just these six games can, can, um, you know, obviously give him a little bit of a boost for those first six weeks of the season. 
but uh, you know, it's not a drastic change where I'm like, you know, you know, he's jumping up in the top 10 or anything like that. Yeah. So we view that kind of almost flipped where like, I like Nick Chubb less during the first couple of weeks and you like him less when, when Watson comes back. I just think whenever you have that rushing quarterback, we've seen uh, these running backs just have really efficient um, carries with their yards before contact. And so obviously with already how good that offensive line is, even though they lost JC Treader, I think you're not worried about Nick Chubb rushing the football. And honestly, even though that they brought in Watson, I know at the beginning you talked about, can they really change that offense to be more pass heavy? I don't think they do just because that this is how they've won games and this is how they're, they've uh, found their identity. Obviously with Watson, they can air it out a little bit more, but I don't think they're going to swing to the point where they're, um, you know, passing at 35, 36, 37 times a game. They're still going to probably be um, pretty league average. So I don't think it takes a ton off the top. For Nick Chubb, but you're, you're right. This is why we moved him outside of the running back one status because, hey, if you're losing a little bit of work, you're losing a couple rushing touchdowns, now all of a sudden if you're not catching passes, you're just a locked-in running back two, which is fine. It's just we're used to Nick Chubb kind of sneaking into there as, as the running back nine, running back ten, right around there, um, and I just don't think he has that, that same ceiling anymore uh, in this offense. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Well, one, well, I would push back on how much they're going to throw the ball. One, I don't think they're going to have a choice because uh, once he comes back, they're, they're, they're playing – this is their schedule. The Ravens, the Bengals, the, the Dolphins, okay, on that one, and then the Bills, the Bucks, the Texans again – or not the Texans, but not the game, but the Texans, the Bucks. or I already said the Bucks, the Bengals again, the Ravens again, the Saints, and then the Commanders to finish out the year. Like – good pretty much chunk of those games they're gonna have to throw the ball uh, in, in why? those games why yeah. why how you how you think they're gonna you think you're gonna be able to run the ball to, to you know to uh not i mean to be able to keep up with the Bengals, with the bills with, with the bucks they're gonna be able to keep up five. this is a good roster kev like they're probably favored in some of those games yeah, yeah but you this also don't you, you also don't bring in deshaun watson and pay them the absurd amount of money that they paid them with the guaranteed contracts and everything else and then be like, okay, well, we're just going to run this just like we did with Baker. And we're, we're just going to throw the ball, you know, 30 times a game. Like, I don't see that happening at all. Like, I think they're going to – I think they are going to, you know, uh, you know, move to more of a pass-first offense and less more on the run. Uh, I think you could see them go up to about a 60% pass rate or somewhere right around that range uh, versus to what, they, what they've been in the years past where they've been around like 50%. Yeah, I mean, that's probably league average, right? And, and that's – I think we're saying similar things where – I don't think they're jumping to like that that 585, 9600 mark. I think they're right in that league average of 570 um, for for their passing attempts. And, and in before they used to be down at like the 500, 510, 515 mark. Um, so yeah, I think we're saying similar things where they jump it up a little bit, maybe 34 attempts a game, which is just about league average. Um, so I, I think it's it's going to be fine for Nick Chubb again, running back two, probably safe. What are you, you haven't said so far your, your thoughts on Amari and are you taking any shots uh, on any other wide receivers or are you just waiting because there's no use to, to draft and just to have them probably cut on your team those first couple of weeks? So, I, I mean, I've never really been a big fan of Amari, even when he was with the Cowboys, you know, 
Like, my feelings were, like, if he can't do it with the Cowboys and, like, have, like, an elite season, he's probably never going to have an elite season. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good wide receiver. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. I don't think he, he's ever been. And, I mean, I, I think it's possible to Sean Watson, though, that he could be a, you know, a wide receiver two, uh, you know, type wide receiver, which isn't bad. But um, with the wide receivers that are probably going to be going around, now he's going to fall, like, wherever he's at, because just naturally people are going to take him, you know, and not take him as high. Um, I think because right now, you know, mocks, stuff like that, you know, you don't really know the answer. So you're just going to take him. I think now he does fall, uh, you know, and if he falls as like a wide receiver three, I would have some, I would, I would have some interest there. Just, but understanding what you're getting yourself into that probably for the first, you know, six weeks that maybe he's not, you know, the, the same guy that you were hoping him to be. I don't think that him with Jacoby Brissett, though, is like this massive downgrade. Like, I think Jacoby Brissett's actually. Uh, one of the better backup quarterbacks to have in the league, right? I think he's competent. He's not great. He's not going to, but he's not going to kill you either. You for know, the NFL, like, for the NFL, Kev, but fantasy wise, I mean, this guy averages 188 yards per game. Like he's, he's yeah, I mean, he's, last year he had a couple games last year against Tampa. He had 275 and two against the Raiders. He threw for 215, um, you know, in that game. Like again, not nothing spectacular, right? Uh, but that was with the Dolphins where they had, you know, they had, you know, Jalen Waddle, they had Mike Kosicki, they had, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a similar situation, you know, uh, Devontae Parker. I think Devontae Parker was actually hurt early in the year, so I don't even know if they even had him during that stretch. But I, I do like still like David Njoku, and I think that he can be fine. I mean, again, you look at the games that he played with uh, Jacoby Brissett last year, six targets, 12 targets, six targets, seven targets last year for Mike Gesicki during that time. So, I mean, he definitely targeted the tight end. It, you know, typically you see tight ends get targeted by, you know, backup quarterbacks because, you know, they're looking for that safety valve, get the ball out of his hands quickly. And so – I don't think this is like a, a death sentence. This isn't like a situation where your backup quarterback is just some god-awful quarterback. I just don't think that there's not going to be a lot of ceiling here for somebody like a Amari Cooper or a David Njoku. But as we know, with tight end, you don't need him to be. Like David Njoku, if he gets four for 40 and it's score, we're happy. We're thrilled. That, that, that's a good week for you know for a tight end. You know, you're not expecting when you're taking David Njoku. I'm not, expect, I'm not taking him with the thought process of, Oh well, this guy's going to be some elite tight end. He's going to he's going to keep pace with you know Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts. But I, I think that I do I love David Njoku this year. Now without Austin Hooper, it's him and uh, it's him and uh, Harrison Bryant. They're going to run a ton of twelve personnel, and you're going to see them both on the field a lot. And there's not a lot of other reliable pass catchers behind Amari Cooper, right? Uh, you have David Bell, who's already banged up and hurt, and then David Donovan Peoples Jones would be the other guy once. Deshaun Watson comes back that I have a lot of interest in. Uh, you know, he's he's he has flashed at times what, what his upside can be, that deep threat in an offense. But, you know, they've always been limited with the quarterback they have. Now you have Deshaun Watson, who we know can support, you know, multiple wide receivers. And so I would have some interest, maybe more so, not something I'm necessarily going on the way to draft, but somebody that, you know, week maybe week four, week five, I look to stash on my bench whenever Deshaun Watson comes back. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, the the problem with David Njoku is, yeah, he can get maybe the three for 35, four for 40, but there's just no touchdown upside with Jacoby Brissett, right? Like this guy's a 3.5% uh, touchdown rate. I think he threw 18 touchdowns in one of his seasons and 13 in the other. And these were full seasons that he started. Like there's, there's just no reason to start him because you're not expecting a touchdown any of those weeks where you rather would start a Gerald Everett who's going to have Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. You're going to have a uh, uh, – you know, Irv Smith, who who can score with Kirk Cousins, who has one of the better TD pass rates, right? You want to take a shot on a tight end who's more likely to score in those weeks. So that's why I'm saying there's no reason to draft David Njoku. And then just going back to the Amari Cooper, because I want to pose this question, because you're like, ah, I think he'll be fine. What if you're in the situation where you're looking at, hey, I've got MVS 
or Mikkel Hardman or, or one of these guys. The Chiefs have a really fantastic week one. They all kind of spread the ball around. Wouldn't you rather take an upside shot with one of those guys over Amari Cooper when they're playing the, I think they have the Chargers week two, they have the Bucks week three or week four. Like those are the flexes that you're probably going to have to decide. Do I want to start Amari Cooper who might get seven or eight targets, probably not going to score a touchdown, or I can start MVS who he isn't the for sure thing, but man, that upside, if he does hit, if he does hit that 60 yard touchdown, I feel like I'm going to lean towards these other high uh, potential guys for my flex. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess um, over like a, over an Amari is what you're saying. Yeah, because I'm just trying to play this scenario out. We come to week one, right? And I don't have all the schedules in front of me. It's Chiefs and Cardinals week one, right? Right, and then they play the Chargers week two. And then play, yeah, those are two games that you should expect a lot of scoring. It's going to be really hard to sit MVS for Amari Cooper. Like just looking at it, we're three weeks out, four weeks out. It's going to be really hard to sit a potential guy who could score you know in these first two weeks versus Amari Cooper who I'm gonna assume Jacoby Brissett throws five or six touchdowns in those six games right like he's not he's barely throwing a touchdown per game and so there's just not a lot of upside there for an Amari Cooper um and I'm an Amari Cooper guy like I think he's a safe wide receiver too once Watson gets there but I'm just trying to put it in context for people when they draft you know hey it might be fine to wait on Amari a little bit more and take that MVS shot because especially those first six weeks I think you just might have a better product. I mean, where he's going currently, I mean, he's going right around Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, well, that's you know, way Darno too Mooney, Jerry way Judy. All those wide receivers are going right around him. Uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, and Brandon Cooks are going just ahead of him. He's going 57th overall wide receiver, 22 in PPR formats right now. Yeah, you haven't said um, a name that I'd start – Amari yeah, I would, I would rather have all of them over Easy. Amari Cooper. Easy. He, would ha- he would have to get down to like the Hunter Renfro, Gabriel Davis there range. You go. Yeah. Uh, of where, where I would think, because even Allen Robinson is still going 71, which is ridiculous. Uh, he should be going higher than that. But, you know, uh, I would rather have Allen Robinson than Amari Cooper. Uh, but once we get to like Hunter Renfro, yes, I would rather have, uh, I'd rather have Amari Cooper than Hunter Renfro. And I would rather have Amari Cooper than Gabriel Davis, I think. But. I would actually who who'd rather have this is a good uh, who'd rather have DeAndre Hopkins or Mari Cooper? Because Mari uh, Mari Cooper or DeAndre Hopkins going seventy two. I think I'd rather have a Mari. I know he's that wide receiver one after after week six. You know, or the wide he's going to be the wide receiver one for the first six weeks. But again, I don't think he's going to be um, flex worthy. He's going to be low end flex. But once Watson comes back, I think he's a locked in safe wide receiver two. Where I don't know if Hopkins A is the same guy. B, if Marquise uh, Brown doesn't just continue to keep that wide receiver one role, right? You also have Zach Ertz, who I think is a better uh, tight end than your boy David Njoku, or at least is going to have a higher target share, right? So I just think there's more competition for Hopkins. So I'm going to I'm gonna definitely take Cooper over Hopkins there. I would go Hopkins just because I know when he comes back that I think that the ceiling is so much higher for him. But um, then what? You know, what, what is Amari Cooper? But I've been kind of on that. Like, if you can stash him and you can draft him as like your wide receiver four, I love uh, that you know that idea of taking him there, but yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's but he has to go past all those guys like before I get to him, or even like I would rather have probably Amari Cooper than Adam Thielen, but um, that's where you, the conversation starts for me. But I don't know if he's going to drop that far down to 70, 71, 72 in that range once you start getting in those range overall. So what about, if he goes higher than that, I'm out. I'd rather have all those other wide receivers. Here's one that that I might struggle with here a little bit. I've been I've been getting higher and higher on Alan Lazard. 
that one's a tough one for me. Where would you go with Alan Lazard and that potential to be the wide receiver one? Had eight touchdowns on 60 targets, I think, last year uh, from Aaron Rodgers. We know Aaron Rodgers is still going to throw touchdowns. Like, man, that's enticing to, to flip Alan Lazard over Cooper, but it's close. Yeah, but you don't have to worry about it because Alan Lazard is still going 114th overall. So Yeah. I, mean, I think that changes with Christian Watson missing the start of training camp. People are going to start to fade off him. They're going to have to go to him, right? They're not going to Sammy Watkins, the one-week wonder, week one wonder. Maybe, but, like, I thought, like, Rashad Bateman would have started to rise by now. And, like, Juju Smith-Schuster continues to fall. Like, he was actually going 81st overall recently. Now he's dropped down to 88. Uh, Rashad Bateman's going 92 overall. Like, a lot of these guys still aren't really rising. Like, I mean, of course, we're just at the beginning of August. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll see where these guys really check in. But I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like they're, they're really shifting uh, they're, they're, as much as I thought they would. Um, so. What's up, Gator? Like, I, overall, I guess, I guess overall I'm not really, like, overly excited about this offense as a whole, right? Like, I'm just not, like, I don't think there's anybody that stands out to me. I'm just, like, the must-have guys. Like, again, like, you know, week five, you know, week four, week five, if you want to take, you want to pick up a Donald Peoples-Jones and you, you, know, you need a wide receiver, I don't mind taking a shot on just kind of see how things are going to play out. When 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 Deshaun Watson returns, um, I do like taking you know David and Joku. Don't know if I'd feel like great about him taking him as my you know my tight end one, but especially now with this news, maybe you're right. Maybe you wait, pick him up week four, week five, kind of the same situation. Yeah, uh, with, with he'll be expecting, there. He'll be there. Expect, well, maybe. Um, where is his ADP <laughs> going right now? One, I don't think people are drafting him currently. Honestly, I don't, I don't even know if, if in a no. You're right. Yeah, he's he's tied at 19 right now. Yeah, he's not getting fifth overall. He's not getting drafted as is right. And so unless he has a fantastic couple of weeks, back to back weeks, right, or maybe he has a two touchdown game, or or he has a hundred yard game, or something like that, there's gonna be no reason why people are picking him up. So you're gonna have him there week five, week six if you want him. But again, for me, there, I personally have so many other options. I understand in your case, you you think a little bit high, more highly of him. In your case, I think that's when you're picking him up. If you're a guy that believes in Dave Njoku, don't draft him. Just pick him up week five-ish, right around there. David Njoku or Dan Arnold? Oh, what are you going to do there? You're torn. The Dan Arnold. Damn, I love Dan Arnold. I'm loving all the Dan Arnold hype that's coming out right now. Good. Me and D-Bro and Maddie just uh, just living in, uh, just just, just taking it all in, just enjoying ourselves with all the, the Darren Arnold hype that's coming out of camp. But we got to wrap this up before we go. Yeah, we went on. Oh, there's one other thing that I did want to mention that uh, shouldn't take too long. But uh, Alvin Kamara news also, you know, they uh, did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They continued again, 60 days out. Listen, this is not happening this year. Uh, any good legal team uh, is not going to allow this to, this to play out during the season. They are going to, once again, they will push it back probably to January, February after the season's over with. And then this whatever suspension that's going to come for Alvin Kamara is going to happen in – 2023 um but in my opinion i I, there's no shot that it's that he's gonna get suspended this year and so i think you just go back to wherever you had him prior to any news of a possible suspension i I have him at at rb9 i think that's pretty a a fair uh value for where maybe i should have a little bit higher maybe a little bit lower whatever but that's where i have him right now and the the good times in best ball where you could draft him at you know in the third round uh, are officially over uh, for uh, Alvin Kamara because uh, he's not getting suspended, which is pretty much uh, I've been on that train for the last three weeks that this was coming and this is how this was going to play out. So, yep, nothing else uh, to add there. Yeah, so Gator, we'll get to this last question and then we're going to wrap this up. We, we weren't even planning on going this long, but of course, true TFA style, <laughs> you know, here we are. Uh, which of these two wide receivers would you, would you both like to have the most? 
or who would you want the least? Claypool, Lockett, Woods, Gabe Davis, Mooney, Bateman. Okay, so I can already. It's easy for me. It's it's definitely Mooney, and then the other one is probably Rashad Bateman. Are the two that I would want the most here for sure? And the ones that I would want the least are going to be Woods and Lockett. Yeah, Lockett's going to be one of the lowest ones for me. I mean, I feel like Lockett falls off with with the quarterbacks that they have there. They cannot support two wide receivers, and I think DK is going to be the alpha there and just kind of sustain right flex level. I think Lockett's going to be dropped in most leagues by week three or four. Um, So he's definitely lowest for me. Uh, Man, I think Gabe Davis and Mooney and Bateman are kind of those top three for me. Probably Gabe Davis and then – I think I have Bateman just ahead of Mooney, but I'm right there with either one. You could you could you could talk either way on that one, but Gabe Davis for sure. I, I really like that potential of him being the wide receiver too there. Yeah, definitely. So for, I would just rank the Mooney, Bateman, Gabe Davis. I don't know. Woods is right there with them with that three that bottom three group. Like I don't really I don't really want any part of any three of them. Claypool possibly could you know maybe uh, surprise some people this year, but. I don't know. I mean, he thinks he's the you know top three wide receiver. Top three. But, you know, I would like to know what he's smoking or whatever he's on. But uh, it's, he's not even a top. I don't even. Well, he might be the top three wide receiver on his own team. But you know, that's 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 about it. But yeah, nowhere else uh, is anywhere close to the top three. But hey, uh, I love the confidence. So, yep. anyways, we like I said, we weren't planning on going this long. We went almost thirty two minutes. But listen, we will be back again on Wednesday night. We are doing a mock draft live. You know, and if you are in our Discord. Uh, it's for the Discord, so if you're not in our Discord, you can find the Discord uh, link in the description below. Uh, in all of our videos, uh, there's a link to the, our Discord in there. And if you want to jump in and, and do a mock with us, uh, we're doing it live, like I said, on Wednesday night. Just jump in. If you're already in there, be sure to uh, – Robbie, we put it out. And, uh, you know, we will be mocking, I think, right around 9 o'clock. And so I think it will be like a full point, 12-team league, so uh, PPR mock. So if you want to do that, we got a lot of content coming. Uh, we, we, Me and Robbie, you know, have been uh, grinding it out. Uh, we got some, um, uh, throwdowns coming, some good ones, uh, coming for you guys this week. That'll be out. We also have uh, updated, uh, running back. Our RB rankings will be out this week. Updated wide receiver rankings will be out this week. Some more player profiles. Uh, I, I'm doing a throwdown as well with D bro from fantasy pro. So that'll be out probably Friday. That'll be good as well. So tons of content. We pretty much had a new piece of content every single day. We're probably going to have even more. Uh, yes, we do have a Zeke throwdown while Lido. Zeke and Cam Akers, I'll just let it out of the bag. You know, you guys are here. I'll let you know. We're also doing Jonathan Taylor versus Christian McCaffrey. Of course, I have CMC uh, and and uh, Robbie, obviously, on the, the other side of that. And then the other one we did was Darnell Mooney and Cortland Sutton, our three throwdowns. And then the one I'm doing with Debro is uh, we're doing Mike Evans versus Keenan Allen. So looking forward to it. Let us know if there's any other throwdowns you guys want to see, any other content you want to see. But we will catch you on the next one. You guys have a good night. And if any other breaking news, we will, we will jump back on here and we'll talk about it. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.